Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. All right, Luke chapter number 13. Let's stand together, please. Can I make a statement before I read this scripture? I'm not here to impress you. But I am here to help you. It really doesn't matter to me too much whether or not you think I impress you or you come to me and pet me on the back after the service. I, I'm old enough now, I about got over all that stuff. But I am at the point in my life right now, I love helping churches. And I love helping individuals. I'm going to preach an unusual, different kind of message I, I preach. And you're going to see it tonight. And I'll promise you, listen to what I'm going to say. You'll get some help tonight. This one of them deals I may teach more than I preach, okay? But you'll get some help if you'll listen. Luke chapter 13, notice in verse number 6. And he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on the fig tree and findeth none. Cut it down. Cut it down. Why cometh it the ground? And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year. And I I would encourage you to underline this year. Let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And uh, and if thou bearest bearest fruit well, and if not, uh, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Our Heavenly Father, I have a desire to be a blessing tonight. And I pray you'll help me be that blessing tonight. I pray you'll use me tonight for your glory. I pray the Spirit of God will illuminate our mind. I pray the Holy Ghost will touch my throat and my vocal cords tonight. Lord, I pray you'll help me preach that that you put in my heart for this service tonight. I have a lot of things I could say, a lot of things I could preach. But Lord, you put this thought on my heart and I pray you'll use it tonight to help your people this evening. Most of all, face somebody here lost tonight, I pray uh, this will be the night they'll get saved by the good grace of God. And we'll thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I want to preach tonight out of these verses. And uh, I'll keep your Bible open because I'm going to walk right back down through them with you tonight. Notice again, if you will, please, in verse number 8. And he answered and said unto him, Lord, Let it alone, say the next two words, this year. I want to preach tonight on this thought, one more year. You say, what are you going to preach on? I'm going to preach on one more year, just one more year. I I like New Year's, don't y'all? Let's back up and rerun that. I like like New Year's, don't y'all? One of the reasons I like New Year's is because Christmas is over. <laughs> and we're getting ready to start into a new year. When you think about New Year's, you think about, I think about a new book. You're opening a new chapter. You're opening a chapter that you've never read before. You're looking into a situation that you've, <laughs> you've never been before. 
And I would say when I think about New Year's, I think about new opportunity. I think about new attitude. I think about a new burden. I think about new zeal. I think about, and I've been studying myself in these recent days, how I can do more this year to reach people with the gospel than I ever have before. And when I think about New Year's tonight, I think about that. And in this text I read here tonight, and again, keep your Bible open. Uh, the Bible says here, uh, give it one more year. Uh, he's going to cut down the fig tree because how uh, the fig tree had not burned any fruit. And, uh, and the dresser of the vineyard here said, give it one more year. Let's work about it one more year. Let's dug about it one more year. And uh, I want to preach tonight on one more year. Notice in the text tonight in verse number six. And he spake also this, say the next word, parable. I love parables in the word of God. Somebody said a parable is a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. That's true. Somebody else said a parable tonight is a treasure house of spiritual wealth. That is so true. Somebody else said a parable tonight is an inspired illustration. And that's what a parable is tonight. I've heard people criticize preachers for using illustrations. Well, can I say this to you tonight? You'd have criticized Jesus. A parable tonight is an inspired illustration. Has somebody else said a parable tonight? Is that that less light in the house? Y'all get what I just said? Flip over to Matthew 13. A parable is that that lets light into the house. I get up in the morning, either myself or my wife, one will open the shades and the sunlight shines in. A parable tonight is that light That lets light shine in. Look at this verse right here. Matthew 13, verse 13. Therefore spake I to them in parables, because they see and see not. Hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. You know what a parable is? A parable tonight is simply that that lets light in. It's an inspired illustration. And what our Lord is doing tonight, (laughs) he's giving an illustration He's given a parable here how you and I this evening all be fruit-bearing Christians. How that's the bottom line to the whole story. Now don't you get what I'm getting ready to say. To understand this, don't you see the interpretation of it. First of all, notice in the parable tonight how by way of introduction there's some pictures that we see. First of all, the tree in verse number six. Look at it. The what kind of tree is it? Uh, what kind of tree is it? Fig tree. Now, <laughs> if you know anything at all about your Bible, when it talks about the fig tree in the Bible, somebody tell me real quick who it's talking about. Israel. And uh, here this is a picture of the nation of Israel. And he comes seeking fruit and found none. Uh, verse number six, the tree. It's a picture of Israel. And I'll just say this tonight. Israel has been set aside. God has not forgot about Israel. 
how God knows where Israel is. And God has not forgot about Israel. If you read Romans chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11, you'll find how that you and I as Gentiles was grafted in. And how that the Jews were set aside and blindness is happening in the night. But you and I have the gospel and uh, we're saved because of that tonight. Hallelujah. And uh, so first of all, you see the tree is a picture of the nation of Israel. Notice the second thing in this parable. Notice in verse number six again. Bible said he spake this parable. A certain man, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. Now, notice who this man is. This man in this parable night is a picture of God the Father. And may I say this to you tonight, God the Father's not done with Israel. No. Hey, God's getting ready to have a heyday with Israel. But before he does that, the church is going to get raptured out. So in this parable tonight, the fig tree's Israel. How the man that you see here is God the Father. Uh, the owner that is God the Father. Notice something else. I'm going somewhere with this. Notice something else. Notice in verse number seven. How many years did he come seeking fruit? He come three years seeking fruit and found what? Found none. And, uh, and uh, that is so true with Israel tonight. And uh, the Bible said he come three years seeking fruit. Now that's interesting. You know who that's a picture of? That's a picture of the three years of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. How while he was on earth. Then notice something else in this tonight. Notice verse seven. Uh, verse seven and eight. The dresser of the vineyard. Who is the dresser of the vineyard? We know who the owner is. It's God the Father. But who is the dresser of the vineyard tonight? Uh, he's working about the vineyard. He's digging about the tree. He's watering the tree. He's doing everything he can to that tree. Who is this dresser of the vineyard? Well, it's none other than the Lord Jesus himself. And uh, he's come seeking fruit. Uh, and I'll say to him now, he's digging about it. Uh, he's working about it. He's doing everything he can to cause the fig tree to bear fruit. And, and I want you to listen to this statement. When God... Give spiritual responsibility. God expects spiritual fruit. When God gives spiritual responsibility, God expects spiritual fruit. I wonder who it is tonight he's digging about your house tonight. I wonder who that is tonight that God is digging, or the Lord is digging around your tree tonight. And God expects fruit. I, I, I get a message I preach sometime on this thought. God has some rights too. You know, everybody wants their rights. We demand our rights. Uh, and, uh, and I'll say to you now, God has some rights too. And you know what they are this evening? God expects fruit. Oh, yes, sir. And I'll say the Lord Jesus, the dresser of the vineyard tonight, he's working. And I want to just say this before I preach. What a joy to be in the vineyard of God. And I know it's talking about his Lord. I know the context tonight. But what a joy this evening. Hey, to serve and bear fruit for the glory of God. 
I want to give you three simple thoughts out of this text tonight. First of all, in verse 6, we're going to see the condition of the tree. Verse 7, we're going to see the conclusion of the test. And in verse 8 and 9, we're going to see the compassion of the tiller. Notice, first of all, in verse 6, Bible says, and watch this, verse 6. And he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted, planted, get that thought, in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit thereon and found none. Notice, first of all, <coughs> the condition of the tree. I'll say first thing about this tree tonight. It was a planted tree. It was a planted tree. You say, preach, what do you mean? It was planted in the right place. It was doing the right thing by being there. The problem was it wasn't there in fruit. It was a planted tree. I thought about this verse. Paul said in Philippians chapter number one, watch this verse. I'm going somewhere with this, hang with me. Philippians chapter one, verse 12. Paul said, I would that you understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather for the furtherance of the gospel. You know what Paul is saying? Paul is sitting in jail. That's one of his prison epistles. And Paul is sitting in a prison cell. And Paul is saying, hey, look, the thing that happened to me, it didn't just happen. I'm not in jail. By coincidence. The thing that's happened to me has happened rather for the furthest of the gospel. In other words, what he's saying is, it's not no coincidence. I'm right at the right place at the right time. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, (coughs) I'm going to bloom where I'm planted. Yeah. The thing that's happened unto me it's happened for the fathers of the gospel. Well, he said in that next verse, so that my bonds in Christ are manifested in the palace. That's Caesar's palace. That's that crowd he wanted to God while he was in jail. So I'll say to you, this tree was a planted tree. It was there for a reason to bring forth fruit. It's a planted tree. I want to say something. When I'm not preaching. I'm planted at the Amazing Grace Baptist Church. I believe that with all my heart. And I, I want to say, preachers' situations are somewhat different sometimes. And uh, it's hard, and Brother Shoebacker knows what I'm talking about. It's hard sometimes on a preacher when he changes churches to find a good home church to where he can put his family and grow and put his family and get help. And I'll say to you tonight, this tree was a planted tree. Look up here and listen to me. I am planted at the Amazing Grace Baptist Church. When I'm not preaching, look right over there. I'm going to be here. And, and I want to say this to you tonight. When you're having visitation, unless I'm providentially hindered, guess where I'm going to be? I'm planted here. How the condition of the tree, it was a planted tree. And don't you listen to this tonight. 
If you don't bloom where you're planted, God won't never do anything with you. Hey, God just wants you to bloom where you're planted. Well, I preach, I want to run over here and I want to run over there. It doesn't work that way. How, <laughs> this tree was a planted tree. How, I love that tonight. But let me say something else about this tree, the condition of the tree. It was a particular tree. The Father placed it there. It was a chosen tree. Uh, <laughs> it was a chosen tree. Let me just say this also. It was a protected tree because the rest of the vineyard was looking after it. I want to say it was a purpose tree. He had a reason for being there. But I want to say also it was a problem tree because three years he comes seeking fruit and found it none. Oh, three years he dug about it. He worked about it and found none. And the father said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to move it. Uh, it's been here long enough. Uh, dig it up. Cut her down. Chop it down. Hey, listen, notice tonight. It was a problem tree. And the reason it was a problem, it wasn't doing what it's supposed to do. The day I become a problem to your preacher in this church, and I know that, that'll be the day I'll leave. Y'all looking at me strange. I, I don't want to be a problem tree. I want to be a productive tree. I, I want to be that tree that's in Psalm chapter 1. I, I, that tree that bringeth forth fruit in its season. Oh, the condition of the tree. It was a planted tree. It was a peculiar tree. It was a protective tree. It was a purpose tree. It was a problem tree, the condition of the tree. Notice the second thing in this story. Not only we see the condition of the tree, but notice the conclusion of the test. Look at verse 6 and 7. And he spake this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Now watch verse 7. Notice the conclusion of the test. He found none. He found none. He found none. Look at verse 7. Then said he under the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit thereon. Uh, let's read right. Uh, then said he under the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit there, uh, on this fig tree and findeth none. Look what he says. Cut it down. Why cometh it to ground? Notice the conclusion of the test. And he found none. He looked and he looked and he searched and he looked and he found none. Are you listening to me? Uh, he said there's no need in it just taking up space. It needs to be got out of the way. It, it, it's not doing any good where it's at. And listen to me, if you don't have no fruit, you don't have no future. Are you hearing me preach tonight? And I, I want to say to you tonight, the, condi- uh, the conclusion of the test was, he come looking to find fruit and found none. Can, can I say something? Will y'all not get mad at me if I say something? I got a problem. So based on the Bible, on people that never bear fruit. You say, well, they're saved going to heaven. I don't, I'm not so sure about that. If you study Matthew 13, 
that sower went forth to sow. And guess what happened? Some brought forth 30 fold, some brought forth 60 fold, and some brought forth 100 fold, and every one of them brought forth something. And may I say to you tonight, that individual tonight that never bears any fruit, never does anything for God, never goes to church and say they're saved. I am, Brother Robert, I'm hard pressed to find anybody in jail, number one, that's done anything wrong. And number two, that's lost. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? But yet they never darken the church house. Yet there's never any fruit about them. And I'll just say this to you now. I'm worried about people like that. The conclusion of the test was this. Hey, he just simply said, hey, my soul, if there's no fruit, there's no future. Cut her down, cut her down. Are you listening? I believe with all my heart. If you're born again, I believe, I believe somewhere, somehow, you're going to bear some fruit. Now, you might not be a preacher. You might not be a Sunday school teacher. Hey, you might not be any of that. But I'll promise you tonight, if you're saved by the good grace of God, hey, there'll be that time in your life. Somewhere, somehow, God will use you to bear forth fruit. I want to be a fruit-bearing Christian. I don't want to be a fruit-bearing Christian who just pat me on the back. But I want to be a fruit-bearing Christian simply because God wants me to be a fruit-bearing Christian. And, 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 and notice in this text here, the Bible said here that he comes seeking fruit and found none. And I, I want to say that about my life tonight. This year, this year, I want to be a more fruit-bearing Christian than I've ever been before. I said this year. I pray Tuesday night. We had that service Tuesday night and when the pastor and I got done preaching, we dismissed, went over and ate 19 Bojangle biscuits because I knew Daniel Fast was coming. <laughs> and we come back in for the 10 o'clock service at night. Ned service right up through midnight. And in the altar of Turkey Cove Baptist Church, I prayed this prayer. God, somehow or another this year, somehow or another this year, let me be more faithful let me win more souls. Let me be more fruitful. Hey, for the glory of God. God use me this year. Are you listening to me? This year. This year. I can't do anything about last year. It's gone. But I can do something about this year. I can't do something about two years ago. It's gone. But thank God I can do something about this year. Oh yeah, are you listening to me? He comes seeking fruit. And found none. Now I realize sometimes there's no fruit there because where there's no roots, there's no fruit. Y'all didn't even get that. Sometimes there's no fruit because of maturity. They've never been taught. Our pastor done something tonight. I would to God 46 years ago a preacher would have done to me, Brother Robert. I, I don't know if you gentlemen realize what just happened a while ago. That man just opened a gold mine to y'all a while ago. Yeah. And uh, when I started preaching, son, they preached against having notes. They preached against going to school. They said, you get the pulpit, fill your mouth. I get the pulpit and God will fill your mouth. I got the pulpit and I found out the devil will fill your mouth too. 
you're not going to program nothing out that hasn't been programmed in. And I, and I want to say this to you tonight. Oh, by the good grace of God, I'm in maturity sometime. But don't stay there. If you're a babe in Christ, don't stay there. Grow up. Grow up. Be a fruit-bearing Christian. Are you listening? Well, there's no roots. There's no fruit. That's a good saying, isn't it? Hey, I want to tell you, notice the condition of the tree, the conclusion of the test, there was no fruit. But notice verse 8 and 9, here's my favorite part. Notice the compassion of the tiller. He that come tilling the ground. Look at verse 8. Look at, look at verse number 7 first. And he said unto the rest of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit thereon, and findeth none. Cut it down. Cut it down. Look up here and listen to me. At the foot of every child of God, there's two things. It's either a spade or an axe. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that. There's a spade or an axe. The axe is to chop it down. Why cometh thee the ground? Did you see what it said in the verse there? Verse 7, the latter part of it. Cut it down, why cometh thee the ground? All it's doing is taking up space. That's all it's doing. And can I tell you something tonight? I meet a lot of people like that. All they're doing is taking up space. That's all they're doing. I don't want to take up space. I want to be a fruitful Christian. And by the way, why come are you the ground? Make more room for somebody that's going to do something. Why come are you the ground? You know what that's doing? It's drawing strength from the other plants. It's it's drawing strength from the grace there. The other trees that's in the vineyard, that tree that's there, it's drawing strength from them. You see, when you're not a fruit-bearing Christian, you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting other people too. Why come are you the ground? Why, why let it take up the space? Cut her down. Cut her down. Are you listening? I wonder tonight. I wonder this. I wonder if there's somebody in this room tonight that God says one more year. I won't say this, and I'm not going to dwell on this point. God in heaven knows what I'm getting ready to say is the truth. Brother Shue back there has pastored for years and our pastor's pastored for years and others in here that's preached and pastored. You know what I'm getting ready to say. I'll promise you I have conducted a many a funeral that I would have not had to conduct had that individual lived for God. Just say I don't believe that. Well it really doesn't change whether you believe it or not. I, I won't tell you if you just come to the ground and you don't bear fruit. You Listen, you're not going to live out your potential life that you couldn't live out. Right. I, I will do everything I can because I live as long as I can. <laughs> Are you listening to me? And I'll say to you tonight, I, I wonder if there's an individual in here tonight, God said, I'm going to give him one more year. One more year. I'm going to allow the tiller of the ground, which is the Lord Jesus, I'm going to allow him one more year to dig about his life I'm going to allow the tiller of the ground one more year to dung about that tree, put the fertilizer around the tree, dung around. And you say, how does that get done? That gets done Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night sitting right here. Yeah, through that man of God sitting right over there. God uses him to dig. Boy, that makes some of you mad when that happens. But it's good for you. 
things that don't always taste good and feel good, that doesn't mean it's not good for you. Are you listening to me? And I'll tell you, the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, yes, sir, piercing even the divine, the soul, the soul and spirit, and the joy and the mouth. Hey, God uses His servant to dig about that tree, to dung about that tree, to scratch around about that tree. God has sent that individual. Hey, I'll give him one more year. Are you listening? I wonder. I wonder if they could be a Sunday school teacher here tonight. And man, for the last year or two, you ain't been doing nothing but this uh, lollygagging around. You say, what's that mean? Ask the secretary. She's real smart. She knows all those words. Just lollygagging around. I mean, man, you're here. You go into Sunday school class. You go through your little deal every week. And man, I still got a lot of that pastor stuff in me. And man, you, you don't even give it any serious thought Saturday night. Nine o'clock. After Dateline goes off. If you watch Dateline, dear God, you ain't no shape to get a Sunday school lesson up. I'll tell you that. Hey, you're here, but you're not here. Can I tell you something tonight? Somebody knows that. Your preacher might not know it. Those students you teach might not know it. But they say, somebody knows. There's a lot of people doing the work of God without the God of the work. And I'll tell you tonight, there might be somebody here tonight and the Lord say, I'm going to give them one more year. Man, they've been in that class and it's been there and it's stayed there and it ain't grown in there. Matter of fact, they ain't doing anything. God is saying, I'll give them one more year. One more year. He's either axe laid at your door or they say, a spade laid at your door. And that spade is to tire up the ground and till the ground so to be fruitful one more year. I'm preaching good. Do y'all hear me? I, I wonder who that individual is in here tonight. Maybe God has spoke to your heart. Brother Robert and I was out visiting yesterday. I love going soul winning. We was out visiting yesterday. Won't you pray for this man he and I went to see yesterday. We got there too early, he's still in the bed. And I didn't figure we need to go in the bedroom and wake him up and tell him about Jesus. He might not appreciate that. But... Uh, I was out riding around yesterday. He took me places yesterday. I've never been in this county. Did you know there is house after house after house after house? Mobile home after mobile home after mobile home stacked on top of one another around here? God, there may be somebody in this room tonight. And God's already touched your heart about it. Man, they two vans sitting back there with two, two tanks of gas in them. Y'all be glad when the preacher gets back Wednesday night, won't you? God has said, I'm going to give him one more year. Just one more. I'll dig about him one more year. Maybe he'll get excited about winning souls. Maybe he'll get excited about his Sunday school. I'll give him one more year. Are you hearing me tonight? Oh, my soul. I'll give him one more year. I wonder who that pastor is tonight. I, I, listen, I know preachers. I are one. I came from preachers' families. I'm with a different preacher almost every week of my life. And I know preachers. There's a difference in preachers and preachers. 
Some preachers got a title, but some preachers got a burden. Hey, some guys, you know what they're doing? They're hauling the fort. They're just biting their time. They're drawing a paycheck. They're getting by another week. God is looking down and saying, I'm going to give him one more year. If he, don't, if, he don't, if he don't go doing something, I'm going to move him out of the way. Are y'all hearing me preach tonight? Oh, listen now, one more year. Notice the compassion of the tiller. Notice what he says in verse 7. And he said unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit thereon, uh, uh, come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and findeth none. Cut it down. Why, come are ye, why allow it to waste? The stuff is helping the other trees, they're drawing from it. Why allow it to just take up space? Look at verse 8. And he answered and said unto him, Thank God for verse 8. And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year. Also, till I dig it about it and dung the ground. You know what he's saying? Let's give him one more year. You better thank God for the intercessor of the Lord Jesus tonight. He's making intercession for you and I this evening. Simon, Simon. Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat. But I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou, get this part, when thou art converted, that don't mean when he's going to get saved. That means, Peter, when you get material, then you can strengthen the brethren. You can't strengthen the brethren to condition you're in right now. I pray that, that when thou art converted, when you're mature, and God has said to you and I, they say, one more year. I'll give it one more year. I'll dig about it one more year. I'll dig about it one more year. And if not, I'll move him or she out of the way, and I'll put somebody in that place where they can do something. Are, are you listening to me in that? Oh, my. I said, well, I'll go and I'll say it again. I'm closing. When God gives spiritual responsibility, God expects spiritual fruit. One more year. Could this be the year 2020? That God's looking down. I know we're not swinging off the chandeliers. He took them down. Could this be the year? I'm just trying to help y'all. Did I say what I started preaching tonight? I'm not here to impress you. I'm here to help you. I love you, church. I love you, man. Women too. But listen to this. Could this be the year? God says, hey, man, I've been waiting on you a long time. And by the way, he and you know. Don't grade me on my English. He and you know. He knows. He knows whether your heart's in it or not. We started this Daniel fast. And just, just every few minutes, God will bring across my mind, my home church. And I said, Lord, maybe this is going to be the year. You give good years to amazing grace. They've seen wonderful days. And I walked through here tonight and I'm amazed. I've been coming to this church a long time. 
longer than the majority and longer than 95% of the people in this room has been coming. I've been coming here when it almost was just in the beginning days of it, Brother Easter. Where it was and where it's at right now, you ought to go out here and climb a tree backwards and shout hallelujah. God's been good to this church. And I walked through these buildings and walked through this Sunday school department over here today. And uh, I was back there studying during Sunday school. And I walked back through there. I went to the restroom. And I heard each teacher in each one of them classes teaching. Bless my heart, man. Bless my heart. And, and here's what I started to say. We have seen, you've seen good days. But this may be the year. 2020. This year. This year. This may be the year that God looks down and says, Hey, man. It's time to get it. It's time to do it. We've been, we've just been a hole in the fort. Let's get with the program. I, I want to ask you a question now. Will you come over here so I quit preaching? Don't play, just come. <laughs> I'm not the pastor. But I want to ask you a question. Two years from right now, if Jesus doesn't come, what do you see for your Sunday school class? Well, preacher, we're doing pretty good. You didn't answer my question. In your mind, in your heart, answer this question. What do you see two years from right now for your class? Well, you know, I got the smallest class in the church. You want me to give you a little help on that? You want me to tell you how to help that? Do you read ain't nobody else in Surrey County the same age of your class? Yeah. <laughs> Are you listening? Yeah. God is saying, hey man, we'll give him one more year. We'll give her one more year. I, 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 I don't want to fall short of what I'm supposed to do. I want to finish well. And I want to say this now, I'm going to hush. This year, I want to be more effective than I've ever been before. I, I really mean that. I was looking at an outline I preached here some time ago on uh, the rest of our time. I was born in 1952, and I put it on the other side of that, if you remember that night, approximately when I thought I was going to die. I don't know that. You don't know that either, but approximately. And from the time I was born to where I put on that line where I think I'm going to die, son, I ain't got any days left. So heaven said what I just said. I want to give it my, I want, I want to give it my very best. I want to do more this year than I've ever done before. Yes, I've got my book of Jude almost done. Will you let me pray I can get it done? And get started on another one. Get that one printed by February. You say, why are you doing that? I'm doing that because if you want to live after you go and write books and train preachers. One more year. One more year. 